0: Everybody, welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. I am beyond excited today to have our guest, Joy McCarthy, here to talk all about um, how she was able to grow a wildly successful nutrition business and brand. If you don't know Joy, you're going to love her after hearing from her in today's episode. And um, I know that I definitely looked up to her when I was starting my nutrition business and really loved everything that she was about and um, the brand she was really able to build. So let me just tell you a little bit about Joy before we get started. Joy McCarthy is a holistic nutritionist and founder of joyoushealth.com, an award-winning website and business with one simple rock solid mission to help people discover that simple, healthy living is the key to a life lived with joy. A lover of nourishing and delicious food, she is an author of three best-selling cookbooks, Joyous Health, The Joyous Cookbook, and Joyous Detox, a World Gourmand Cookbook Award recipient. She is also the co-host of the Joyous Health podcast with her husband, Walker, where they talk about everything they are curious and passionate about within wellness. Joy has a line of organic herbal teas and natural beauty products, including skin, hair, and body care, as well as a line of children's natural supplements in partnership with Genuine Health. She runs a 12 week online business program for wellness entrepreneurs called the Joyous Health Business Program. And as a trusted nutrition expert, Joy has been featured in hundreds of publications, both online, such as Well and Good, CNN, CBC, and in print, and is a regular health expert on television, including Cityline and CTV's Your Morning. Joy lives in Toronto with her husband, Walker, and their very cute daughter, Vienna. Ooh. And you can find her at Joyous Health on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and Facebook. Thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited, like I mentioned. Oh, thank you for having me, Stephanie. I'm excited for
1: this chat. When you were doing my little bio there, I was like, "Oh man, I feel tired." That sounds like a lot of things on the go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's super impressive. And um, before we hit record, you and I were chatting about how you know not everything happened all at once. This has been That's a progression. Yeah, so I'm really excited for everyone to learn from you and to hear about your journey. And I guess to set the stage, why don't you just um, share with everyone, like, when did you graduate from nutrition school? Where did you graduate from? And then we can talk about maybe those first steps in your business.
1: Yeah, totally. So I'm here in Toronto. And uh, I graduated from the Institute of Holistic Nutrition back in 2009, which seems like it was like (laughs) eons ago. And like many uh, students and, and graduates, when I graduated, I thought, okay, so what am I going to do now? I assume I'm just going to work one on one, as that's kind of the trajectory for most students who graduate. At least that's kind of you know what we're told. Okay, this is what you're going to do. So I kind of hit the ground running with that as my goal that I wanted to grow a practice, but I also knew that I wanted to do, I wanted to reach a wider audience, and because. My background was also in marketing and advertising, and I worked at corporate nine to five for about six to seven years before I went back to school. I thought, you know what, the corporate market needs—they need a lot of help um, in terms of wellness. You know, when I thought about agencies, ad agencies that I worked at, so um, that's why, you know, when I did graduate, I knew, okay, I want to do one-on-ones, but I also want to do like corporate luncheon and learns, and mm-hmm. so I made that kind of my my mission. Those were the two things that I wanted to offer have my business offerings right away when I graduated
0: and so where did those first few clients come from was it mostly your network of uh you know friends and family or were you like because you had a marketing background did you kind of hit the ground running with marketing and you were like really growing an audience or where did these people come from
1: Yeah. So because of my marketing background, I knew that the number one thing I needed to do before I just started trying to sell myself to everybody was I needed to actually build a brand and I needed to create awareness for my brand. That brand at the time was called Joyous Nutrition Mm and kind of evolved into Joyous Health, I think about a year in, a year or two in. But uh, I knew that I needed to create awareness for the brand. uh, And how was I going to do that? Through blogging. Uh, and through utilizing social media, because I thought if I can share my expertise, that's going to help to establish me as an expert in my field. And people will see me as a trusted source of information. So therefore, if I just start, you know, giving a lot of information for free, by writing posts and creating recipes, that that that's how people will find me. So it'll be more passive than, you know, taking an ad out or, Which I did do, by the way, in like Vitality, one of those like health magazines. Mm, mm -hmm. I did pay for an ad. That was like the one thing I spent money on. And I think it was like $250, like a classified ad. And I was like, I better like call my cell phone company and make sure that my voicemail can handle (laughs) all of the people, (laughs) the messages I'm going to get. This is legit what I thought from this little ad. I didn't get a single call. Not (laughs) one person called me from this $250 ad I I spent money on. And I had like no money. I was like Mm -hmm. so broke um, because I spent all my money on school. So I, you know, I realized very quickly, okay, I need to figure this out. I need to create awareness. I need to use my little marketing brain here. And the other thing I did to kind of keep me going was I was also certified as a personal trainer which I was kind of moonlighting, moonlighting when I was, um, which helped me pay for school. When I was working in, working in marketing, I was also personal training clients before and after my nine to five. And then when I was going to IHN, I was also seeing, I was also doing personal training. But the day I graduated from IHN, because I actually, I didn't mind the personal training because I've always been into fitness and wellness. But I absolutely hated getting up at like five in the morning to go Run. It sounds not so bad, but to go run with someone on the lake, because I lived on the harbor front at the time, but I just, I wanted the mornings to myself and it was just totally draining me. So the day I graduated from my gym, I said to myself, 365 days from today's date, I am no longer going to be personal training anyone. So I wanted to be fully doing my business and that's absolutely what I did, but I needed that year. I needed that year to transition. So I didn't have any money, you know, from family or anyone helping me out. I had to pay my rent. I had to buy my groceries. I was single at the time. Uh, So I needed, I needed that personal training business to kind of help me ride the wave while I started to build my business over that year. And then when the year Mm -hmm. came up, I stopped I stopped personal training. I was like, okay, I'm done with this. So what I did during that transition period were was I basically, you know, let all of my personal training clients know that I was available to nutrition consult them and then I started reaching out to a lot of like corporate clients, like people I'd known sort of in the business and asking a lot of people uh, that first year. The other thing I did was uh, because I wanted to do public speaking, even though I was absolutely terrified, but I just felt (laughs) passionate about it was I did free talks. So I would go to my local cafe like once a month and I would offer a free talk on whatever topic I had chosen. And I did that for a few months, which helped me Not only from that. So I think I did that over like four months and I got one corporate client from that, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then I got a couple of, you know, just one on one clients, which was great. And the first time I ever did, I had like two people show up and then I had seven and then I had 20. And then I started just kind of doing my own free talks. I had like a party room in the building I was living at. So I would just promote it through social media and through my blog. Hey, I'm doing a free talk come and learn from me. So I found in the beginning that doing those kinds of things, um, even though I was offering them for free, I was, it was like my way of marketing my services. And now it, the landscape is so different from when I first started, it was really hard because social media wasn't as, you know, abundant as it is now. I couldn't just go and do a live on Instagram or Facebook uh, because that actually wasn't even available. Mm-hmm. I don't think I even got on Instagram till 2013. So things, you know, things are, see, it's, it's funny. It's not, it's, you know, over 10 years ago, but things, things were very different. So it almost felt, it felt like harder in a way for me than I would think starting out now. But then the other argument is starting out now, you have to really differentiate yourself because there's, you know, everyone is offering
0: yeah. uh,
1: something online, but we can speak to that as well because I have some thoughts on that too.
0: Yeah! Wow, there's so many things that I want to respond to that you said. The first thing I just want to acknowledge is thank you so much for sharing like the realistic step by step, you know, breakdown of what you took um, out of school. You know, I think also acknowledging that there can be a plan B sometimes, and that plan B for you was yeah. personal training for the first year. I think so many people think. I'm not allowed to have a plan B, I have to put 100% of my energy and attention into growing my nutrition business. And for some people, that's accessible. Like you said, you were single, you didn't have family helping you. Some people do. And maybe then that's okay, you can jump in with both your feet. But for others, you know, it's okay to have something on the side while you're growing your business. So I'm so grateful you shared that. And then the other thing that I'm really grateful that you, you know, spoke about was, you know, you having like a talk or a corporate wellness session and you know having just a couple people in the room to begin with I think that's just so normal <laughs> you know it's what we yes. all experience that too you know having just like two people at my first talk and then you know the next one's 10 and then 20 and going up from there uh, but you have to start somewhere and I think it's so easy I don't know if you feel this, Joy. I'm actually really curious if you do, but it's so easy to look at other people in the industry who have been in the industry longer and think, look at how much they've accomplished. And, you know, they're so lucky and they've, you know, they're so fur- so much further ahead than me. But, you know, if we look at... You, Joy McCarthy, you know, step one, you had to do all of these steps to be now at step 20, step 30. Um, But I'm curious, like, did you ever have that nervousness or judgment of yourself of like, you know, look how far ahead other people are? And did you feel nervous just getting started?
1: Yeah, I think that's, I hear a lot of people say that, you know, that is that it's very intimidating because they see like, oh, wow, you've accomplished so much. And oh, look at this person. And they have, you know, 200,000 followers on Instagram and I have none. But you know what I, what you have to realize is that all of the, and this is self-talk that I gave myself. So I didn't fall down that negative pity party for myself because I always said to myself, you know, I like reading biographies and I like learning about successful people. And I don't, I really don't know many successful, I can't even think of any anyway, the only, I don't know, this is just coming into my mind. Someone like Justin Bieber, who was discovered mm-hmm. on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. That's lucky. But like 99.9% of people started out just like us mm-hmm. and there was no luck. And I often say that luck is just being prepared for when the opportunity arises So I think it. a lot of people fall into that trap of like comparison and then, you know, having a little pity party. And, you know, I don't what I say to that is you just got to get over yourself, like get out of your head uh, and just start working towards your goals because you will be so stuck you'll be stuck like your feet will feel like they're stuck in cement Mm -hmm. if you're always comparing yourself to others. And when I first started out and I saw my colleagues, you know, this is where I would, this is when I would be like, oh, wow, like, am I not doing something right? Like people I graduated with, I remember one of my closest friends um, is Megan Telpner. And we Mm -hmm. weren't super close at the time when we both graduated from school. And I remember she launched this, like her first ebook It was like, holy shit. Like, (laughs) sorry, I'm, I swear. No, go for it. I'm like, oh my God. Like she's like selling this program for like 10 bucks and she's selling hundreds of them. Like, And, but for me, I was like, I need to do that. I need to do something like that. I can do that. That's a fantastic idea. So for me, I would definitely be aware of what my colleagues were doing and what other people were doing. And I would use that to my advantage. I'd be like, that's a great idea. Why am I not doing something like that? I'm totally capable of putting together an ebook and kind of seeing, seeing where that goes. So Uh, I think, you know, my advice when you're falling into that trap is just realize that everyone started out somewhere, somewhere is a place. And if you don't start, then you'll never get to where they are anyway.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic advice. I love Megan, by the way. She's so fantastic. and Yeah,
1: she's amazing. Yeah,
0: I definitely put you guys on the same page. So it's funny that you were like, felt like a step behind her at one point. But I love that um, reframing, you know, in your head of instead of saying, like, look what they're doing, you know, they're doing so well, I'm never going to be doing what they're doing, or I'm never going to achieve that, too. If they're achieving it, so can I. Like, it's yeah, possible for, sure. for me, too. Yeah, and I, I think part of that, too, is just having confidence in yourself.
1: So, you know, if you are always second guessing yourself and, you know, your self-worth could use some improvement, then I think that's something you need to work on, like meditation, exercise, getting a son in nature, like doing all those things that you know are good for you are going to help boost your self-esteem and your self-confidence so that you don't kind of, you know, go down that road of feeling sorry for yourself and thinking that you you can't do it.
0: Hmm, and I think that also brings up this idea of like branding yourself, you know, or branding your business. And for you, you are a very, you're very much a personal brand or a business brand. Like, you know, we look at you, Joyous Health, but we see Joy McCarthy. So right. I'm curious, like, how that felt for you, like starting out. Were you always, or are you a more ext- extroverted person? Did that feel comfortable to you? Did you like putting yourself out there, or were you like Really nervous, and then it just kind of naturally happened as you got more comfortable. No, I
1: don't like it at all.
0: <laughs> um, and it's kind of funny. I do what I do because people. I was like, "But you're
1: so good at public speaking, and you really inspire people." I'm like, "Yeah, you have no idea how hard that I've worked to make that happen for me." Like I, throughout high school, all throughout my twenties, I'm in my early forties now, um, but I have always been a very extr- like painfully shy person. Like, so shy that in high school I was able to get a doctor's note and not have to do any presentation ever. <laughs> so if you can imagine, I graduated from IHN, I guess in my, hang on, let me just think. I was, how old was I? Late 20s? I guess, yeah, it would be late 20s. Um, I graduated from IHN in my late 20s and I was like, oh my God, I love this so much. I love this information. I'm so passionate about it. I have to like scream it to the mountaintops and tell everyone I know. And I focused so much on that passion that I was able to work through my fears. And you know, the first probably three years, my hands would be shaking when I would go and do a talk somewhere. And even now, sometimes I get—I still sometimes I, I get nervous even now. But then I let the energy of the audience and or whoever I'm speaking to, I let that kind of carry me through. Like when other people I know are getting excited about the information. That makes me excited about the information. But I have to be honest with you, I do find, um, like, I find social media and, and constantly putting myself out there is definitely very draining for my personality. I don't know if that makes me an introvert or an extrovert, but I don't necessarily get my energy from other people. When I'm speaking, I get my energy from other people. But then I definitely, like, when my daughter was little, my husband would come with me to every talk we would drive. The three of us would go together and he would always be there. And so after my talk, we drive home and and I just didn't want to speak like I could. (laughs) I've just spoken for two hours straight. Like, do not talk to me. Not like in a mean way. He just, he just knew Mm -hmm. I just needed that time, that quiet time to myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's definitely something that is not in my nature to be out there and, and promoting the business and, it's definitely not who I am in my, in my true nature, I guess, as I grew up, but mm-hmm. I've become accustomed to it and bec- become comfortable with it because I know it's such an important part of helping people. Like if I'm not out there on social media, teaching and inspiring and educating, then, uh, you know, I feel like I'm not, I'm not doing what my passion is and I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to miss out on helping someone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. So relatable. I I mean, at least for me, too. I think it's like, you know, people assume that because, you know, even for me having a podcast or like I I used to teach at CSN as an instructor and, you know, People think like you're so natural at getting in front of, you know, audiences and I still like have sweaty palms every single time I do it. And I think that's natural. But just like you said, it's kind of pushing through it and thinking of like, why am I doing this? Okay, it's for people who actually need this. Ready to start your nutrition business but have no idea what steps you need to take? No problem. That's exactly why I've created a completely free workshop for you called six steps to start your nutrition biz and sign your first paying clients in this on-demand workshop. I'm sharing my six step roadmap to starting a successful nutrition business without a huge social media following or years of experience. I'll also share the top three mistakes. I see most new nutritionists making when starting their business and how to avoid them and the must have tools you need to run a successful nutrition business and wow your clients from day one. Oh, and did I mention that the workshop is completely free? Sign up at stephanielong.ca slash workshop and get instant access right now. And, you know, that actually perfectly segues into the next question I have for you, um, because what it sounds like is, sure, some of your business is you being visible, being on TV, being, you know, doing talks, being really um, extroverted or, you know, again, visible um, to the public. But uh, my understanding is you guys have also built a business that um, is quite organic with marketing. So like you have, you know, blog posts that are drawing traffic to your website, um, you have so many pieces of like content that you're creating, that doesn't require you to be like on Instagram 24 seven. And that's yes. the only mode you're getting business. So um, I guess this is a kind of a double question. I'm curious, like, where what did you focus on when you started your business? Like, What kind of like programs did you have or like, where were you putting your time and attention? And like, does that look differently now? You know what, that first of all, that's a really great question. And it really made me think and come to the
1: realization that even though when I started out, things were really different, um, you know, in the social media landscape. One thing that remains the exact same, and I think that's a huge part of the success of the Joyous Health brand, is that our number one priority has always been about educating people and doing that through content marketing. So since day one of Joyous Health, I didn't know that's what it was called when I first started out in 2009, but creating those blog posts and creating that content is content marketing Mm -hmm. and you have to be a content marketer. That's what advertising is in, you know, 2021. It's not going on the radio or TV or creating Google ads necessarily, even though Google ads or Facebook ads aren't a terrible idea, but creating your own content is everything. You have to create content. It could be like you're doing, Stephanie, you do a podcast. That's content creating. That's how people are finding you. You know, some people have almost their entire business on Instagram. That's content creation. Although I don't think that... You know, I think it's a bit dangerous to have like one social channel that you do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, like some people, you know, you see these like YouTubers and their entire business is built on YouTube. I think that's actually a really bad idea because yeah. what are you going to do if YouTube, you know, changes its guidelines? They decide you can't do ABC and you have literally built your whole business there or Instagram. You know, it's become a, it's become increasingly difficult to get eyeballs on your posts if you're doing something that's sponsored Mm -hmm. so as soon as there's a sponsored hashtag then you just don't get the same amount of engagement but yet companies want to want to pay you to sponsor stuff so my answer my long-winded answer is actually just two words and that's content marketing you Mm -hmm. have to be prepared uh, to be putting some sort of content out there because that's how people find you and get to know who you are and get to know your philosophy And don't be afraid of giving away too much information because people used to say that to me all the time. But Joy, you know, I could just read your blog and basically, you know, I have skin issues. I could just read your blog and get all the information there and not have to ever hire you. And I'd be like, that's fine. But you know what? There's lots of people who don't want to read every single line of every single post I have on your skin issue and they want to hire me. Yeah. So don't be afraid to share too much, but you have to have a content marketing strategy within your business, um, to be successful.
0: Yeah. I love that. That is incredible advice. Um, okay. To play like devil's advocate for the person listening. That's like, okay, that sounds great joy, but how do you find the time to <laughs> you know, be visible on Instagram, to write 10 blog posts, to write your newsletter? You know, how, how did you do it? How did you keep up with you know, being that content machine for a while.
1: Yeah, for sure. So that, you know, in in the earlier days when I first started out, I was, uh, I'll be honest with you, I was like a total workaholic. I was working seven days a week. I was working evenings because you know what? I didn't have a lot else going on. And I also didn't mind. Even mm-hmm. though I was working so much, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't mind this. I love what I'm doing. So of course I want to write. I love writing so much. So it's something that I, I really enjoy. So, you know, in the beginning, you do have to put in a lot more legwork. And, and I find being an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur, you know, there's times when you're flying high and you're so busy and everything's going great. And then there's, you know, can be weeks at a time when you're like, uh, what's going on? There's <laughs> nothing happening. I'm not making any money. I feel like that's just the life of, uh, of being an entrepreneur. I kind of lost where I was going with this question. (laughs) What's your original question again? Oh, devil's advocate. Oh yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Finding the time. Um, so you just have to make the time. If you, you know, I would ask yourself, do you want to be successful? If you want to be successful, if you want to be get, become a master in what you're doing, you have to put in the time. And it doesn't mean, you know, I think a lot of people, when they see the joyous health brand, they, and my, my girlfriends even say this to me, they're like, do you ever not work? (laughs) And I'm like, you have no idea. Like nowadays, like how little I do work sometimes. Like there's some weeks where, you know, if my daughter's homesick from school, I'm not working. But what you have to make work for you, you have to be really smart about the pieces of content you create and realize that you can create one piece of content, whether it's a video or a live on Instagram or a blog post, a recipe, create one piece of content. That's like the mother of the content for that week. And then you share little pieces of it all throughout the week or maybe within two weeks. So that's what we do. So if we create a new recipe, we create a video for it. We create a reel, we create a one minute video. Then we create a, a specific video for IGTV. Like we, we take little snippets out of it. We take quotes out of different posts. So one piece of content can be used 20 different ways. So it actually makes it look like you have all this new content all the time, but actually you're just recycling a lot of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's the other
1: thing I do. Like I Now, obviously when you're starting out, you don't have that ability to do that. So what I did... Um, and what I still do to this day is I share lots of other people's content. Like if you go on my Facebook page, you'll see on like the joyous health business page, you'll see that. And I don't mean the business program. I mean like my, um, brand, mm, your business page. Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll see that, uh, almost 50% of the content there, maybe a little less, maybe 40, 40 to 50, depending on the week is from not, not directing people back to joyous health. It's other people's content. So you can utilize other people's content as you get yourself going as well. And know that sometimes a piece of content can just be a quote that inspires you that you put on Instagram and that gets people inspired and and asking questions. Mm -hmm. There's many ways to do it without it being like a time suck.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that reminder to um, you know, repurpose so much that you have already created. And then also, I'm curious, do you go back to like, you know, blog posts from years ago or social media posts from years ago and ever like repurpose like old pieces of content, you know, maybe if they've done really well, do you kind of recycle them? Yeah,
1: 100%. That's actually a really good idea. And my good friend Megan also does that. So, I think that is especially once you, you know, even if you're like six months in or a year into your business, you sh- assuming you have Google analytics, you should go back and look at what are really popular posts. So we definitely do that. Um, we kind of do like an audit of the last little while. And we we are always doing that. Like there's lots of, for example, we do this. I like to do this with recipes. You know, if I look at anything prior to almost like 2015, like their photos are not the greatest.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So recipes that I know did really well, then we'll reshoot them. Um, But we already have that existing content and that and that and those photos or, you know, things, articles that I know are really popular, like talking about constipation or (laughs) lemon Mm -hmm. and water, like simple things. I will update those posts and repurpose that content and just freshen it up uh, and then put it as like a new post. And it's good. Um, it's good as well because you know, for Google Analytics, you always want to have like fresh new content, uh, and so Google loves it when you're, you know, when you're constantly updating. What I say? Constantly, we only do one piece of new content. We do about one piece um, per week mm-hmm. of new content, but that's not always like that. Doesn't always include uh, video content. So one piece of new content per week, definitely on the blog. Uh, because that is good for your Google ranking. Like I remember back in the day, if you search Joyous Health, I wouldn't even be on the first 20 pages of Google. And Mm now obviously if you type in Joyous Health, I'm pretty sure that I'm at like the first one at Mm -hmm. the top. So,
0: But it um, took time, right? Like you, and you had to build up so much, like you said, blog posts or, um, you know, search engine optimization, like keywords on your website to like pull Yes. Uh, to to be pulled as one of the first people on Google. But I guess people just starting out get, you know, a little bit feel a little defeated, you know, before they even start because they're like, oh my gosh, I'm page twenty. But again, just so such a great reminder from you, like you started there too. And it just yeah, took sure. time. Yeah, um, so the more you do. And you know,
1: you know, something else that can help is like I was writing for Um, another online publication. They were just paying me like pennies at the time. But when I started out, they were like, oh, can you like create recipes for us? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I was doing that for probably like the first year and a half. But the deal was like, even though they were paying me so little, I was able to have a byline there, you know, Mm -hmm. join joyoushealth.com so that i could get people i guess at the time it was my wordpress um it was my wordpress i didn't have joyoushealth.com i didn't own it back then but anyways i had my website on this other website so you know there's so many other ways to like cross promote and like look at collaborating with other people or you know reaching out to different wellness online magazines and find out if you can write for them even if it's free this can help uh, to create more awareness for your own brand
0: Hmm. Yeah, great ideas. So just to kind of clarify, so everyone's on the same page, you started your business more so doing like these one on one nutrition consults, doing some um, free talks, doing some corporate wellness, you know, and then I think over the years, you started doing more like television and magazines, your cookbooks. Um, you know, where are you now? Like, does your business include nutrition consultations? Or does it look completely different?
1: Yeah. So it looks very different from when it first started. And I think, you know, for those who are listening, whether you have a business five years in, 10 years in, or you're just starting out, know that you're in charge and you can decide if you don't want to do something anymore, you don't have to. So I've always been, um, I've always been someone who likes to diversify and realize that, you know, having revenue coming from different sources, is was better in my opinion than always relying on the same thing cuz what if i get bored of it so i don't do one on ones anymore i stopped at the end of 2016 mm-hmm. and so i had done it for like 7 years i was just kind of done with it like i i was just like i need to like move on from that it just wasn't inspiring me anymore it wasn't like i didn't want to help people anymore cuz i i help people in different ways But I just, there were so many other things in the business that I was excited about and I wanted to create and do. And of course, you know, my cookbooks at that time, I was working on my second cookbook. And so I decided to stop doing the one-on-ones. And honestly, I should have stopped almost a year and a half before that because I had been mulling it over for quite some time. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so, yeah, so I stopped doing that. I still do corporate talks, but what I would say one of the the main the main source of revenue and where we put all of our energy now um, obviously we have our cookbooks but my husband is a photographer and a videographer um, so we continue doing all the content marketing but where where our energies are and what the brand is really about is a lifestyle brand and we have a whole e-commerce platform where we make and sell uh, we manufacture our own hair care skin care body care, Herbal teas. So we have like a whole platform of different products that we sell. Uh, and that's like what Joyous Health is now is this pla- is is our e-commerce like that's what we're our biggest focus is on. But we continue to create the recipes and create the content because we know that's how people find us. And then once, you know, we've built that level of trust and rapport with those people who become part of our community, then they're interested in investing in us by, you know, buying um, buying an organic buying our organic skincare line uh, because I think, you know, the large majority of our customers and we've, we've done lots of surveys and stuff. Our, our customers are continue their customers that have been with us for many years, you know, and we, their repeat purchases. So whenever we launch something new, it's that core group of people that continue to purchase everything we offer because they have that trust in joyous health. And obviously you want to get, you want to acquire new customers. And we definitely focus on that. But I, you know, that shouldn't be the number. I don't think when you have a business, you, you know, and there's many different strategies to that businesses use. But I think what's really important when you're growing a business is to, is to not always be looking for, for that new client, for that new, um, that new thing to sell Mm -hmm. that new customer to get, but really focusing on your amazing community that you have and really fostering that and making sure you have a strong community. Because community is everything. Without without community, you don't have a business. Uh, so, you know, an online community or an offline community, if someone, you know, listening has like a storefront, but your community is everything and they want to learn from you. So that's why, you know, if we we circle back, content marketing is so important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Serving them in different ways and. Uh, yeah, putting them first, I think is is so good. And, you know, some people that are just starting out and have, you know, 20, 30 people in their audience, they feel defeated, you know, oh, I only have 20 people. That's 20 actual people. If you're yes, in the room, awesome. right, if it was a free workshop or a corporate wellness session, 20 people were in front of you, that's a lot of people to Im- influence or impress or to share information with. So I think like we kind of uh, get down on ourselves when we don't see our numbers growing so quickly. But you know any size of community is a community, so I'm really glad that you said that and reminded people um, of totally. that. And if yeah. I can
1: add to that as well, <laughs> I do want to say that you know it's really important, and I think a lot of people don't know this. You know, if you go and do that free workshop at a cafe or you do a live, you always have to make sure you have a call to action. So meaning you want people to come back to your website or you want them to download a one page PDF about, you know, beating cold and flu season, that type of thing. So whenever I do a live, like I do lives almost every single Friday, if you've ever watched, if you've ever watched some, you watch one, you have probably noticed that nine times out of 10 at the end, I always say, or I sprinkle it throughout. Hey, did you know that we just launched a brand new tea? Hey, did you know that next week I'm teaching a free webinar? Hey, did you know? So always having always you have to have your sales hat on. People don't like being a salesperson, but that is all part of marketing. So even if you're just talking to three people, you need to make sure that if it's in person, you have a leave behind. So you give them a one pager and then you make sure that they know about what you offer. So, you know, maybe offering them a $10 off, coupon on hiring you for a one-on-one. So I think that's a big miss that a lot of people uh, don't even realize is like actually asking people for their business, Mm -hmm.
0: um, making sure that sure that they know you, whether you have two people or you have 200 people. Mm -hmm. Well, I think sometimes we just assume if they're interested, they'll reach out. But sometimes if it's not clear cut, how do they reach out? What are they reaching out about? If we're not giving them direction, they won't take a step exactly and you have people have to see things like people have to
1: see things I think on average they say seven times Mm -hmm. even someone who wants to sign up for your program they you have to harass them basically (laughs) you have to you have to continue to get your message out there so if you're you know someone's listening here you want to launch a program for January uh and you think okay I'm just going to post it once on Instagram and I'm going to get all these signups you're, that's not going to happen. You Mm -hmm. have to have a plan in place. You have to have like, whenever we're launching something new, we always have a full on campaign. We have a full on campaign and we have various uh, ways that we are going to educate people and let people know about what we're doing. Cause every January we have the 21 days to joyous health, which is an online program. We already know when we're start. we're going to start talking about that the first week of December. So Mm -hmm. we already know content wise, the things we're going to do and promote and talk about for a program that's not launching until January. And to be honest with you, we should, we, it could have been started even sooner. Like we know this now in November, we knew this by mid October, we had that plan in place for how are we going to promote 21 days to joyous health. Um, But we could have been doing it in August, like to give ourselves even more time, but you have to have campaigns around, um around what it is that you're promoting if you have an online program or for example there's you know so many so many different ways to promote yourself you could have like a summer special you know because for nutritionists the summer months are always the slowest Mm -hmm. and in the wellness industry as a whole that's when it's the slowest because people are outside more they're healthier they're happier so they're less likely to hire a nutritionist so that's a good time to take advantage of Hey everyone! You know, for the month of July and August, I used to do this as a nutritionist. I would be like, you could hire me for an hour, just you know, show me a, your meal plan, and I will give you. I will chat with you. Uh, I'll give you a one-hour consultation for like ninety bucks, mm-hmm. and and then I would get like tons of people signing up because they didn't want to pay one fifty. You know, during the during the year, and they're like, hey, you know, because some people will always buy based on price. And then other people won't. So, you know, some people say, oh, you know, don't I, like never discount your services. I never discounted my services when someone asked me to, because I think you have to be really careful about giving some people deals and other people not. So mm-hmm. I never, that was advice my dad gave me. He said, never, ever discount your services when someone comes and is like, oh, I can only pay this much because you're not a charity. You have to remember you're a for-profit business. You can have a charity Um, part of your business where you say, okay, you know, almost like a scholarship, you could say, okay, I'm going to take five clients a year where I don't charge them. That's fine. But
0: um, anyways, I'm going on off on a rant to get so many ideas that I wanted to share. I love it. It, It's all very helpful. And I think it's like one of those things where, you know, um, we have to watch ourselves as entrepreneurs because, you know, it gets so exciting to think of all the ideas. But then when we're like stuck in that, like, idea phase, and we're not executing like our actual ideas, then we're not, you know, making any progress. So I think like, you know, it goes to show that, you know, at the place you're at in your business right now, you you know, okay, if we're going to launch something, we put a campaign in place, or we have, you know, XYZ steps to do. But even just like you mentioned, you know, even if you're just starting out, and you're about to launch, like your first nutrition consultation, or your first offer, you know, talk about it seven times, you know, don't just like post it once, and then leave it there and assume people are going to follow through, you know, post about it multiple times, talk about it a lot, start to create a bit of a buzz. And then as your business grows, excuse me, as your business grows, you know, really put some thought and care into like, okay, what does this look like as more of a strategy? And how can I kind of think, you know, months in advance of how I'm going to, you know, take action on this thing. But I'm assuming like, I'm curious if you'd agree, like it wasn't always this way. Like you've grown into this place now where you're very strategic.
1: Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Like there was, um, but I would say pretty, and I recommend that people do this. I say maybe a year in I had a content calendar, where basic and there's different um, apps you can use. This Asana is one we use. Mm-hmm. ClickUp, so like a task manager. Um, so we have our whole content calendar in there. So we know like what's up and coming. So when it was just me working by myself, um, I got into the habit of okay, well, holiday season's just around the corner. Like, what kind of recipes do I want to create? I'd be thinking about that in you know October, early November. So I'd recommend you know to everyone listening to this that you do want to have create. You know, if you do plan on doing content marketing, definitely have an editorial calendar. And that will really help you when you are kind of like twiddling your thumbs and feeling uninspired, like, oh, what am I going to post, you know, in November? I don't know. I don't know what I should talk about. But if you already thought about it in September, then you're going to be way ahead of the game. So really take advantage of those times when you feel inspired and you want to just like write down a whole bunch of great ideas, you know, that you could do for the next month or two months and uh and have that have a content calendar and then that will lead you into things as you grow your business having campaigns and and that type of thing when there is something specific that you want to promote so you have like create like a work pack schedule and figure out all the tasks and all the steps you need to do in order to make in order to launch something to be a huge success
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's really good advice yeah Okay, so I feel like you gave us so many good nuggets. Um, I don't even want to end this conversation. But I want to respect your time, you're okay. busy lady. Um, so I'd love to just wrap it up by asking you kind of putting you on the spot here a little bit. But sure. what would be like one of your like biggest tips for like a new nutritionist starting out either if they're in school, or maybe a new grad, like what's something you would like highly recommend that they do? um get out of their
1: own way like Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you know I know that seems like sort of broad and what does that even mean but you know you I feel like everyone is like they're not everyone but a lot of people are there they are the problem they are they are blocking their own success and you have to believe that you're going to be successful and believe that you're going to help people so just tell yourself that every single morning when you get up you know have affirmations. Do vision vision boards. Vision boards are a great idea as a brand new nutritionist. What is it that you want to achieve in five years and put that on your vision board and look at it every single day um, so that you make that become a reality.
0: Yeah, that is fantastic advice, I think. Yeah. And and being our, you know, own biggest cheerleader, because I think sometimes, yeah, sometimes, you know, family doesn't understand, friends don't understand, unless they're an entrepreneur, they just might not get it. So, you know, you be your own cheerleader first. Um, And then you'll find those people like you found Megan and, you know, so many other friends that you have in the industry. Uh, But at first, you just really have to believe in yourself.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. You know, there's a Kanye West. I'm not like a huge fan of Kanye. Kanye Mm -hmm. now, like Kanye back in the day. But anyways, I remember I heard him on a podcast and it just always stuck with me. And he said, if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect anyone else to? And I was like, that is so bang on. It's like so simple. But oh my God, of course, if if I don't believe in me, then how am I going to convince anyone else that they need to hire me? So you have to believe in yourself first.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I love that well thank you so much for coming and sharing your time um honestly you are such like a wealth of information. There's a million questions I could ask you. Um, But I think you shared so many great tips for everyone and really got um, at least me thinking about, you know, different ways to support myself and my business. And hopefully everyone else listening got a lot um, out of this conversation, which I'm sure they did. But before we go, um, why don't you share like where people can find you again and anything if you want to promote anything um, that you can follow along with? Awesome.
1: Thank you so much. So you can find me on Instagram at joyous health. So it's J O Y O U S health. Uh, You can find me on Facebook and obviously uh, my blog is joyoushealth.com. And I have three cookbooks, as you already mentioned in the beginning, we just launched a brand new organic tea for sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely check that out. It's called TLC, which is tender loving cuppa, all (laughs) organic herbs, like chamomile, passionflower, lemon balm—it tastes amazing. So we have like a whole line of teas and we have lots of organic, amazing products that are sustainably made, made locally. Um, so definitely check out uh, joyoushealth.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Joy. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for this opportunity.